Welcome to Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Dana Wilson, and I move people. I am all about the tools and techniques that empower tomorrow's leaders to make the work of their dreams and live a full life while doing it. So whether you're new to the game or transitioning to your next echelon of greatness, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my friend. Welcome to Words That Move Me. I'm Dana, and I'm stoked that you are here because wowza. This is a special one. Riley Higgins, who edits this podcast, says that this episode feels a little bit like listening in on two good friends catching up at a coffee shop. So if you're interested in eavesdropping, this one is for you. (laughs) Because one of those friends that you are listening in on is Sean Evaristo. When you're listening in on Sean Evaristo, you know you're listening in on something different, something very unique, something extraordinary. Oh yes, my friend, you are about to hear some top tier nostalgia, vulnerability, intimacy, some of my favorite things. And as if that wasn't enough, (laughs) we also are digging into the concept of style, We talk about free style, we talk about Sean's signature style, and all of the reasons why he is the dance world's Clark Kent slash Superman. I'm convinced of this. (laughs) 100% convinced. It's all very exciting. It's all very good. It's all very personal and heartfelt, and man, I almost can't wait. But first, we celebrate. We start every episode here at Words That Move Me with wins, and today is no different. Today, I am celebrating having so much fun teaching dance class with the Seaweed Sisters. Last week at T-Millie on Tuesday, we had a fabulous class. Thank you to anyone listening who was there. Um, Megan Lawson is, is holding down a regular time slot every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at T Millie, and occasionally the sisters, one or two or all three of us, uh, will drop in for that. So if you are in LA, um, you should be there. <laughs> Keep an eye on the socials. Uh, if you are not already, go give a follow to the Seaweed Sisters on Instagram, and of course to the individuals themselves, Jillian Myers and Megan Lawson, uh, for more class update info specials. Oh, that is another thing. I haven't talked about this in a while. When you are a member of the Words That Move Me community, visit wordsthatmoveme.com. But when you're a member, you have access to what I call the class dispatch. The community keeps each other informed of all the awesome training opportunities, classes, workshops, etc. that are going on, not just in LA, but also in New York. Um, We've got community members all over the place. So come join us. Jump on that class dispatch. Uh, Okay, that was me. That was my win. Seaweed Sisters, love it. Now you go. What are you celebrating? What is going well in your world? What do you love? Hit me. 
Congratulations. Keep on winning. I'm so proud of you. I think you've got this. You are doing it. Keep doing it. And now, if you don't mind, just pause what you're doing and fully invest in this conversation with Shauna Varisto. I am smitten with it. While you listen to it, I'm going to go listen to it. Also, we'll both be listening to the same thing at the same at the same time. We'll both be listening to the same thing at the same time. Um, and I'll check back in with you after. Enjoy. Sean Evaristo, my friend. Uh, I, c- I could talk to you about anything under the sun, I think, for a very long time. We could talk about things. But today, I would love to talk to you about style. Um, I think it's safe to say that your style of dance, of business, of communicating, um, all three are very special. They are emotional. They are sensitive. They are thoughtful. They are so sincere. Um, And man, I'm honored to have you on the podcast. So excited to talk to you. Welcome. Thank you very much. That means a lot. What an awesome intro. Thanks, Dana. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it's only going to get better from here because you're going to take the floor next. Um, I would love for you to introduce yourself in a way that seems fit for you right now. Just tell us anything you would like us to know about you. (laughs) I haven't prepared anything. My name is Sean Evaristo. I love dance. I love um, connecting with people. I love helping other humans and just finding my way through the world, uh, especially in this time frame, you know, uh, it's been so interesting. So yeah, I, I'd say as far as any type of intro uh, outside of who I am, let's say who I've worked for or stuff like that, are you? do I need to say those things as well? Not if you don't feel <laughs> the need. Um, <laughs> I've had guests give me the full resume. I've had guests say, I am a human <laughs> Yeah, I uh, am a know, being. <laughs> uh, if, if I don't know, for those maybe that may not know me uh, on here, I guess it's important for me to share a few things. Uh, I uh, created Movement Lifestyle, which was uh, a studio and a, a lifestyle brand that was created uh, for the community. Um, and that was one of the things that I have um yeah, just feel very proud of. I also choreographer, creator. I worked for many people and also created for many folks uh, inside of the K-pop realm, J-pop realm, and yeah, just I guess other parts of music. But uh, some of the artists that I really, really enjoyed working with was uh, Miguel or Pharrell. Um, these are like two people that I look up to very much and also enjoy their music. And just to be able to be in the same room as them was just awesome. So, uh, mm. yeah, I mean, I obviously can go more, but, you know, these are just uh, really awesome things in my life that I feel happy to, to share. Uh, and uh, I guess one last little tidbit, uh, uh, which I didn't say ahead of time, which is a uh, yeah, I'm originally from the Bay Area, San Francisco. I got to represent, uh, born and That's raised, cool. and I got to represent my garage crew, Gen Two, and my uh, the company. This is a company based out of Daly City. Represent straight up. <laughs> Yo, 
I love this intro. I'm smiling ear to ear for this whole intro. Thank you for sharing these parts of you. Um, I am glad that you mentioned Miguel specifically because when I think about, you know, recording artists and pop performers in general um, who, who have a strong voice in pop culture, there are a small handful of those that I immediately associate with movement or specifically with a person's style of movement. JT and Marty Kadelka, in my mind, inseparable synonymous. Same thing with Ryan Heffington and Sia. There are couplings of sound and movement that just that become linked in my mind. And your movement, partially because of our history, but yes. your movement and Miguel's sound are eternally bound in my <laughs> mind. They like his sound equals your shape, speed, style, texture. And I just like cannot get enough of it. I could watch <laughs> it all day long. Uh, um, that, that means so much, you know, I, uh, especially to say my movement is connected to his sound, which is very cool because, you know, it, that that in itself, it, you know, we've worked together only once and that was our, uh, through Tugi actually. Uh, yes. I, I, assisted, I assisted Tugi on that project uh, and she brought me on to help and, and assist and how wonderful it was, it was just to meet and work together. But uh, I think there's a lot of people that follow my work and would also say the same thing that they listen to a lot of his music and see a lot of my movement, or at least try to move in, in that fashion, uh, which is really interesting. <laughs> okay, what is that fashion? If you had to uh, give it words, how would you explain it? Oh, man. Uh, how do I even begin? Uh, that's even difficult for myself, you know? Uh, <laughs> all I know is that, uh, you know, like my wife, she'll be like, that's so you. <laughs> and I think there's there's a few things. She makes fun of me so much. Uh, also because I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know how you say it. I, I guess I have a little bit more of a serious demeanor at, at times, but she that's why she likes to make fun of me. <laughs> and she'll take all these nuances that I might do with my wrist or my jaw or my lean uh, and she'll do them randomly uh, just to make fun of me. She'll be like, <laughs> at, at any moment, you know, I can turn in and she's there like doing this doing little... Doing the Sean jaw? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really though, really. She, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's like if you tilt like one direction, like in the left or the right, and then you kind of guide yourself in that area and then, yeah she she says this this is part of uh this is something you do that has a lot of power <laughs> it's I so love, strange it's so strange to, I yeah. love that she has recognized it can can give it words and can explain it and do it and like show it to you so you can uh -huh. see it on on someone else but I think I think I is onto something because I might say that one of the key components and one of the like signature elements of your style is nuance, like almost imperceptible. Like mm. I as a master 
of the craft as well, so she can see it and explain it. But to a non-dancer, it would be hard to say, oh, it's his wrists, or oh, it's his jaw, or oh, it's his lean. Those things are so, <laughs> you know, nuanced. Yeah. An untrained eye might graze over it and not not be able to point out or call out that that's what it is. And I think there's a lot of nuance in the way that Miguel sings in his composition and his production. Um, so that makes sense to me that, that those two things would line up. But I would also add sensuality mm. um, without being like overt and aggressive sexuality. That really stands out to me. Well, about... my, my mantra is vulnerability is power. So uh, everything about what I do really stems from an honest place of where am I at and how can I share that um, that honesty, uh, even if it hurts or even if it makes me uncomfortable or makes someone else a little, yeah, it's like showing this vulnerable side of, of me. At, I wouldn't say at all times, you know, it's just, just, it's just taking blips or moments like slides from myself and saying, okay, this is the right temperature or tone at this specific point in time and yeah I like stitching these things together you yeah. are an excellent <laughs> curator of the slides of your life and the slides <laughs> of vulnerability and emotion um, and while we're here I suppose that we might as well since we're on the topic um, you and I got to be dance partners, thanks to you asking me to be your dance partner, um, in one of my favorite all-time performances that I have ever done in my life. Um, but I got to perform with you uh, and a couple of my absolute favorite dancers, uh, who we'll get into in a second. But we we got to perform, or we created a duet to yes. Sure Thing by Miguel. And performed it a couple of times, actually. One lives in infamy, infamy, infamously. One lives on the internet, <laughs> on YouTube, in infamy. Is that correct? Or does that mean bad? Infamous, does that mean not good? <laughs> I, I, have, I have no clue. I, I Wait for it. We're going to look it up. <laughs> infamy definition. A state of being well known for some bad quality or deed. <laughs> I take it back. Um, so what actually happened was only one of those performances was captured and lives on line in perpetuity forever. Um, and that was a performance we did at the House of Blues um, yes. for our friend TK's birthday. Yeah. So that chapter of like making that thing with you and performing that thing and then sharing that thing or seeing that thing on YouTube in the early days, like this is before every class's footage was posted there. Um, and then also kind of a resurgence of it. A couple months ago, you reshared on Instagram and we had this outpouring of like, like enthusiasm and support and people saying like that piece was massive in my dance journey. And and that, like, I remember being moved by it all at once, all over again. Um, I would love to just talk about that blip in time, because uh, yes. it was special to me for for so many reasons. Um, but yeah, I just I've already scrambled my <laughs> way around it. I'll I'll toss to you. <laughs> Got it. Uh, 
Yeah, how could I explain that other than uh, alignment, you know, mm. um, where you were at in your life, where I was at in my life. And I think you caught my, like we caught our friendships at the right time. Um, I know that that was a very, very funky place for me internally. And I was really, uh, I think I was in pain. I was hurting, just looking mm -hmm. for friendship and looking for connectivity. And yeah, I found some of that through you, you know? And okay, here we go. Friendships aligned. Let's make, mm -hmm. let's do. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm not the most uh, like... I think I'm an out extroverted introvert. I don't know if that's how you say it, but I feel like, Dana, I feel like you are an extrovert and you are able to pull um, a lot of that energy out for me to just, hey, let's let's go out, let's do, let's make, let's let's play. And that really pulled me to get out of whatever um, funk, you know, some weirdness that I, I was feeling for myself. And I have this piece, I'm like, Dana, how can I evolve this? I have this thing coming up and you are the person that I see to do this with, you know? And uh, it was such a amazing process because I got to see how you could morph something, especially me at that time was so exact or needed uh, it, specific. I'm still specific, but uh, different from how I was back then. I was very specific in the way that you were able to take specificity and really uh, expand not just the the words of it or lyrically, but on all aspects, you know, we're able to, I mean, if you really look at uh, the videos of, you know, we could do a breakdown, you know, I could say like, <laughs> this Someday. moment would not be this moment without what your hand did right there or little nuances like mm -hmm. that really elevate uh, a performance. And uh, yeah, I mean, you are a master at that, um, like 100%. And, uh, you know, I, I, also, I think there's something in your hands, your fingers, Dana, that are so special. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, if you look at that performance, which is years ago, you could still see that it rides till now. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> my my husband uh, calls them mermaid hands. He's he yeah, sees yeah. it too. He says I have the best wrists and hands in the business. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I I, awesome. I love my wrists. I love my yeah. hands. I'm glad Me that <laughs> I'm glad that they're receiving a shout out. Um, well, I. I remember a couple rehearsal days at the old millennium um, before, like, I think you had just caught me up to speed on the first verse, which, I mean, I definitely have favorite choreography in the world, but when it comes to favorite, favorite choreography in my body, that first verse of Sure Thing is <laughs> high on that list. I love how it feels. To dance it um and i could probably recall it right now i think it lives in my bones somewhere wow. but i remember uh, it's cool right there's like that information is stored somewhere yeah um, i i remember an early rehearsal phase or an early rehearsal day that we had where you invited marty kadelka to come 
who I was assisting a lot at the time, and you and I both looked up to in this big, tremendous way. And I remember feeling like the heat of his approval, expectations, what he thought, what he blah, blah. And I remember feeling like, I, this is what it must mean to like really put yourself out there. Cause I had yeah. tried to do right by him and do good work, like do his work well for him. But when it wasn't his anymore, when it was mine, when it was yours, when it was ours, it was so different. That feeling of being watched um, was like massive. And I remember feeling like, oh, I'm grown up now because I'm sharing with this person who I admire something that doesn't have anything to do with them. It's mine or it's ours. And we yeah, we, yeah. we made it and we can take his uh, thoughts, opinions, approval or leave it. But I really felt like tremendously proud and very aware um, that like there was a difference between doing something that was for someone else and doing something that was not (laughs) like doing something that was for us. So that was a massive moment at that chapter for me, which really that was like heavy duty Marty chapter. Um, I think I would love to add on, on that in just the sense that I feel that I wouldn't be what I am without looking at Marty, you know what I mean? I I feel even though I didn't come from his training stuff, of course I would take classes, but I never developed underneath him. I feel still feel cut from the same cloth. Uh, if someone would ever tell me like, uh, you know, where did your style come about? Uh, I would point to that guy <laughs> first off, and then to develop my own uh, kind of branch from 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 whatever he was kind of creating and then to say okay with this branch now we're going to show you like what this looks like and you know of course it's just like nerve-wracking right to to show someone you look up to your your work your creativity and along with you who you obviously work with him so it for me it was ah, I hope this is good (laughs) (laughs) exactly but like it was that it was like I hope this is good but matched by like I know this is good and yeah. I hope you think it is too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely. Definitely. um, and I think he did, which we'll yeah. follow up on that, but I'm pretty sure he loved that shit. <laughs> um, Oh, I'm also working on not swearing as much. Dang it. Sorry. I'm pretty sure he loved that. I'm pretty sure he loved it. Um, okay. So you mentioned like Marty is one of the places you would point to when it comes to like the references for the style that, you know, your your signature thing. Is mm-hmm. there anybody else comes to top of mind? For Probably sure. your crews that you grew yes. up with? and uh, If I can uh, just share across the board, uh, I would have to say Jason Wright. I'd have to say Super Dave. Uh, and then I'd have to uh, kind of like that line for me was very important, especially in terms of uh, moving to Los Angeles, right? And then prior to Los Angeles, I'd say, uh, Jabberwockies, and then you go to the Bay Area, I would have to say uh, there's a group prior to Jabberwockies named Mind Tricks. So uh, they were, it's like Jabberwockies before Mind Tricks. I used to watch mm-hmm. them growing up. Uh, and yeah, they were huge. There's there's a bunch of Bay Area crews that really impacted me. Mind Over Matter, Chain Reaction. These are all 
teams that I grew up watching. And then there's like the sort of the SoCal scene, like Pac Modern, Cabo uh, Modern. These are all like as I was kind of growing up. Uh, and then this is prior to the move of Los Angeles. So I think I would take all these elements and say, okay, this is essentially where I, I pulled some of uh, my information from as a student. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think where I differentiated from everybody uh, really came into when I was able to tap into my emotion, find out that vulnerability is a power for me and really separate myself not just like, oh, I'm different from you, but more so, oh, this is something that I have that like no one can take. This is really like from my life and I really can utilize this um, and no one, I don't care what anyone says, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is mine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's like a quick snap uh, shot all across some of my influences, you know. Uh, into understanding how they get how they input it into my life and then how I was able to kind of uh, step away from from those influences mm -hmm. man thank you for sharing that um, <laughs> no problem. I, I I agree I think emotions are like the fuel of life they are so wildly important and to be able to understand them well enough to sh to embody them and share them visually on your body in your body yeah that is a superpower my friend and it can't be taken away and it can't nobody can do it better than you because they're yours like yeah. no one can do your feelings better than you can yeah so that is it is such a a unique and special superpower you know i uh had a it was like a while back but i had a talk with Jilly just through text I think and we were just mm -hmm. talking about Jillian Myers sorry it just mm -hmm. uh yeah how our how our, our old videos that we did together were just so emotional like too, <laughs> like, too emotional we like cringeworthy where we'd look back at the work and be like what's wrong like why why are you so sad like like we'll go back to the videos of the work and just I can't believe we felt like but it was such angst at that time such like oh well this is we're dances at the moment and we want to do this and like although uh, vulnerability and emotion is a superpower for for myself <laughs> I can go back to say okay yeah, now we can dial it down a little bit. I mean, it's like when you first know your power, you're just like shooting the power everywhere you go and creating destruction. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. You're just so reckless with with it, and then finally, of course, after years, you're able to like really hone in on. Oh, like okay, this is this is how to utilize it. Like yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. But those, those videos back then, oh my god, I was. I, like I laugh at them, but I also honor them at the same time. Yeah, they were essential to to getting you that understanding of your superpower. Yes. Yeah, it's like truly, Sean. And I know we said this. Okay, so shortly after you reshared on Instagram the sure thing piece, um, we we jumped on the phone and we we're like having like oh, the uh, the decompression the moment. Yeah, the nostalgia. Oh my god, and I. 
we were talking about, I don't remember what exactly it was that led to this, but something about that vulnerability and intimacy on stage, which also, like, that was another reason why that was a huge moment for me. To be anything other than cool on stage had never really been of interest for me, but that was different. Like, that was being intimate, being vulnerable, being, like, you know, something other than, like, powerful, in charge, cool. Like, that was a huge shift and awesome. Um, And as we were kind of unpacking that together, I don't know how, but... Oh, wait, no, I do remember. You mentioned being a nerd for dance. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm just (laughs) geeking out over dance right now. Like, I'm in the chapter of my life where this is is different, this is different. But the the thing that's the same is I'm a nerd for dance. And I realized in that moment, I was like, yo, you are like Superman. You're like Clark Kent (laughs) in the glasses and like, you know, doing the like nerdy normal guy thing. But then there's this like phone booth transition as soon as Miguel comes on (laughs) or as soon as you enter a dance studio or you know what? It's as soon as music starts playing Mm. where you become the superhero. And now hearing you explain that chapter of your superhero story, which is the discovering of the power, there is always that chapter or that. um, Sorry, I'm not a big comic book person, but there's that like story that's like, it's out of control. You just found, you got bit by the spider and now you yeah. need to learn how to use the web or like, right. I obviously yeah. am out of my element in this analogy, no, but there's you. always that chapter where the superhero is a fumbling mess with their power and it's essential yeah. to them mastering it. Yes, absolutely. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been uh, what I am today without that mess, you know? And uh, I think there's, I want to kind of send it back to our conversation and on that phone call too. Like I also, uh, like I wouldn't have the style of movement that I have now or the way that it it feels or looks without the mess, right? This is without some of the knowledge. There was a lot of gaps in my knowledge as well. And as much as there were gaps and I learned how to fill them over time, through uh, training and knowledge and whatnot, I wouldn't have made the movements, choice, the movement choices I made if I didn't know them. You know what I mean? So I almost want to just understand and sort of honor that, like the mess is was truly a, a part of it. The unknowing, the yeah, and um, I mean, not in all cases is that good, but in this case. It was like it was really important for me to not have that correct way to do something. So that way I could make this sort of phrase that way, because otherwise it wouldn't have been what it is, if that makes any sense. I think it does. (laughs) And I think I think you're um, kind of circling in on one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is technique, because I I often if I'm having a conversation about style, usually technique will come into play at some point. Um, but your, like, your early days of dancing um, relative to probably mine, because I grew up in a dance studio from age three, um, was less about technique. Um, so maybe there were gaps in your training that left room for your superpower to grow. Yeah. And then as you evolved your taste 
like your eye for like, whoa, that's great. What is that? And somebody was like, that's popping. And then you were like, I want to get good at that. And so the technique evolved from there versus I think a lot of people's experience with technique is it's there at the beginning. You start at the bar doing Demi Demi Grand. The superpower comes later, maybe. I don't know. I could be making this up, but from the outside looking in, it looks like your superpower had so much room to evolve and to drive. Um, I'm not saying that you weren't technical because you were the control. Holy hell. I I don't actually know sometimes how you were able to stay unless you have like sticky stuff on the bottom of your shoes, but your, your control is as far as I'm concerned, unparalleled. Um, but I don't know. What would you say to that? Like the relationship between technique and style in your evolution as a superhero? Uh, uh, <laughs> Where does yeah. that fit into the superhero story? I know. Uh, so I would say like my my first, I've got to track it back to my first hip hop teacher, who's uh, Alan Frias from San Francisco, Mind Over Matter. A lot of his movement was all groove. So I would just go to his classes just take the train and and learn he he's tall huge and he would just stand over me and watch and make sure I'm doing something right and and like I loved it because it just got me to push my level I obviously uh you know was scared and you know but then pulled up and I think that's very important because that was a really great base for me to sort of start with Mm. um but stylistically you know I didn't have teachers around me constantly so it was often lock myself in the garage uh and and figure movement like things out movement phrases uh figure out a music video that i see or maybe the way someone might rap you know i remember watching buster rhymes for the first time on like uh cable and it you know just the way that he would uh, come back and forth to a camera. I, I would practice not the movement, but the nuance of how he would tilt his head or bring his hands forward. Uh, like you name it. I, I'm of course. Then you would go from a different music video of Bus Runs, and you would see Janet Jackson, or you know. And then I would start to see these different elements. Oh, I don't have to just follow this one style. I loved pop music, you know. I loved hip hop. I grew up with hip hop music, but I also love pop. And from pop, I found musical theater. It was like this crazy world just start to open up. And I, I just really understood that I don't think I have like this one interest. I think I want to blend things. And I like this from here and this from here. And I, in some way, I see myself as a, as a scientist, you know, mixing different things together and and seeing what feels right and not just uh, what what it what it looks like or stitching things, but really like making it natural uh, or uh, having it come from me naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, without getting too wordy, just I love being able to play around with different things. So that's where the technique would come from. That's where the blending would come from. And not everything would be correct at the time. But mm. uh, yeah, I think it was a part of the process. Mm. Number one, I wish that we grew up training together because I think we would have (laughs) have had very much fun. Um, But number two, I'm curious to hear about how much of a role freestyle played 
in your training process because I remember when we started dancing together more often and, and creating together, freestyle was such a huge part of your world mm. and it was a huge insecurity in mine. Um, and working so closely with Marty, I felt it was really under the microscope because freestyle is also a huge part of his world, like his creative process, but also kind of the culture of his group at the time. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't say uh, I, I was a part of the freestyle scene. I would say that my freestyle really came from the club. Like, I, I love going to the club in the Bay, and I love coming to the club in L.A. You put me in another environment, and the, that's where I learned social dance, you know? I mean, how to just get down and, and enjoy yourself and not necessarily freestyle to, to battle, but to, to show what you have, you know, to feel mm -hmm. good in that moment when you're listening to the music. So I think that's where a lot of my freestyle kind of come from is just mm -hmm. us dancing in the club, finding friends and, uh, yeah, that, that is what freestyle was for me. Um, and that just sort of translated into my work. I would make things based off of freestyling first and then pulling from those elements to into choreographic sequences. Hmm. And that, I think that element, uh, played a part as I continued to grow, whether it was professionally inside of choreographing for artists, I'd still freestyle in order to make sure that I put sequences together for them or, if I teach for a camp, there's always, um, you know, freestyle sessions or, or parties to go to. So for me, that just felt so natural to get into. I've never really, I've never jumped into the battle scene. I think that's a whole nother uh, space that I have a lot of respect for uh, in terms of mentality and the way you enter. And it's just like a high level of respect that I, I would rather uh, support those that want to do that. Um, but, you know, put me in a cipher, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love and I co-sign. Um, but I wanted to jump back to a, a word, a key word that you just dropped. And, the, the, and a huge mentality shift for me brought about by you. Um, because, yeah, freestyle and my lack of confidence in that realm were like hugely it like took up a lot of real estate in my mental chatter in my dance life and then I remember a, a drive you and I did a little road trip to Vegas I think to perform that duet but I can't remember now is that what we were doing I had to be that for sure okay um and we were driving just talking about dance listening to music and um freestyle came up somehow and you were like well all it is is show and prove like, that's what it means. And I was like, wait, what? 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 Oh, sorry, I've heard freestyle defined like 85 ways and none of those were less than 250 words. Like, how did you just sum it up in two words like that? You said show oh, yeah, and yeah. prove. Yeah. You show your skills and you prove that you love it. And when those were the only two restrictions, it absolutely took the lid off of what before was just this stifling pressure for me to 
be the dopest from 360 degrees, right? Like if you're when you're in a cipher, it's not just about like, you know, being the best performer or looking good at, from a proscenium from like, you know, it's like it really to me that tr- was a, a tremendous pressure. But you poked these two little holes, show <laughs> and prove. And oh my gosh, I've been dancing since I was three. I absolutely have stuff I want to show you. I have skills that I want to show and I love it so much oh my god the proof part that's easy so that was like hugely uh, liberating for me and I have to thank you because it really changed my life I, I the crazy part for me is I really feel that I'm still constantly developing that side of me like I it's I, I would say for both right like I love choreography as much as I love uh, freestyle but when I think about you Dana I, like you saying that you had a kind of hesitancy inside of stepping into freestyle. I mean, if I were to just say the word improv, I think that's something you might be used to, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, when I made that correlation that, oh, improv, they just call that improv. It's just the same thing, different word. I just it as freestyle, But, but it's the same. I think there might be difference in terms of like a cipher, and mm-hmm. like the way that um, like another world might share, but mm-hmm. relatively improv and freestyle are like the same for me as, mm. you know, maybe somebody can tell me otherwise and, and I would gladly change that. But in my, <laughs> in my mind, in my heart, I, I, I see them as the same, you know, improv, mm-hmm. we're, we're responding to sound, right? When we're utilizing what we have, in our body vocabulary, we're connecting that body vocabulary to the emotion that we have and then uh, letting everything align and letting the music sort of take us for that ride, right? Um, yeah, that's, I don't know, that's the way I see it. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful way to see it. Hmm. Thanks. <laughs> I We've talked about that subtle difference before on the podcast a little bit improv freestyle are they interchangeable what is the difference and I think you nailed it you're like there, there's something about the atmosphere or audience or culture the, the circumstance in which those two things happen right. is 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 can be different but also there are things about it that it, that are the same no matter what yeah. uh a former guest on the podcast and a dear friend of mine, Arden Flint, explains that uh, a circle is like the shape and humans can stand in a shape. But it is a cipher when those humans are active participants yes. in what is being shared. Um, yeah. And I, I do think that's a hugely defining factor. Um, yes. And I love to think about that. I love to feel it. I'm so glad I'm no longer petrified with fear um, <laughs> when I step into uh, a circle or a cipher I feel yeah. like much more at ease having having to focus on one thing or two things if it is show and prove or if it's simply being or if it's emotion yeah. or if it's discovery or exploration yo Sean I started I have not finished yet and I hope they don't kick me out but I started taking clown classes online during the pandemic and one of the exercises we had to do was be simply be on camera for five minutes no less 
and you can't have a timer. Like you can't have your phone on you while you're doing it. You can't set a timer. Use your internal clock. Gauge when that five minutes is up. And if you didn't make it to five minutes, start over. But just be and experience whatever it is that you're experiencing. I stood in front of my camera for nine and a half minutes just feeling my feelings and it's crazy to watch and it's also personal i will not be sharing it but it was a tremendous experience i think you might really love wow that i've never heard that before that's i feel like that would be a really crazy experience (laughs) truly the only two things you're thinking of are time and your emotions right it was, it was wild. So much fun. Really loved it. I'm sure there's so many things that pass through that that nine minutes or that five minutes. You you know, I, I've done an exercise where you, uh, you know, you stare at, at uh, someone into someone's eyes for X amount of time, right? And the mm. kind of ride that you might go within that moment is is crazy. Like even just you staring in the mirror for for two minutes that's pretty intense (laughs) super intense this is the part of the podcast we call cheap thrills if you are looking for a good time on a budget (laughs) just call a friend and ask him to come over so you can look into each other's eyes um okay so but speaking of emotions this is an interesting kind of plot twist another direction that our conversation our our nostalgia conversation went was like, you know, just a catch up on friends. Like, how are you? What's up? And I think both of us and both of everyone on the planet had dramatic highs and lows in the last two years brought about by the lockdown and all of its ripples. And um, you, you mentioned, you called it a grieving season. And I thought that was beautiful, poetic and true in that, like, yes, right now it's fall or like right now it's winter and it's cold yeah. as hell. Yeah. And it also intrinsic to like calling it a season means that there is a change on mm-hmm. the other side or there is something else out there. Um, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about your grieving season if you're open to it. Absolutely. Um, and tell me a little bit about the season you're in now. So grieving season for me, uh, yeah, it. it it was a long ride and I guess just to give a snapshot of it, you know, after the studio closed, I really just uh, focused on how can I just take time to heal? How can I take time to reflect and let me turn off all the, the water here that's running? You know, I think that's the best way for me to put it. You know, I, I, if I had anything running, uh, I would try to start it again. And like, I, like, okay, no, no, let's turn this off. You know, it, it would it would get quite overwhelming to try to start something because the world was still up and down. I mean, it still is. But mm-hmm. in that time, it was very much so uh, even more uncertain in some capacity. And for me, I just, yeah, I said, okay, let's take a moment shut it all off and then i Hmm. took time to just yeah focus on the most important things the most the smallest things that would bring joy you know walking who who would have known (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow. Wrists, yeah. hands. Yeah, so <laughs> profound. Just uh, just walking on, on the block, you know, and really finding the joy in the smallest things. And it sounds very cliche, I guess, but it really had an impact on me because I didn't, t- I wasn't somewhere else as I was doing that. You know, I really found a way to just, this is where I am, right here, walking my dog. Nothing else is tuning in. I'm connected to this or I'm walking for myself. After I've walked my dog, I will take a walk, you know? Oh, wow. Just like, okay, let's just walk. And uh, not running away from anything, not actively doing something, just focusing on taking the time. Right. I think Tugi has this phrase, take the time that time takes. <laughs> that time mm-hmm. takes the time time takes, something along those lines. And mm-hmm. uh, I love that phrase. Just, uh, yeah, I, I just took the time to be and, and grieve. And I let it happen is, is what that season was. And now I think from that point, it was a lot of realization that I have a lot of missing gaps. Like there's a lot of gaps between uh, like what I want to do and where I'm at currently. So in that grieving season came student season. Mm. And then it was a switch of, okay, that happened. So what? You know, it was that question, you know, me asking myself and it really felt like I'm facing myself, you know, looking at me like, so here you are. What do you want to do now? And, you know, sometimes I wouldn't answer. Other times I'd try to get up and and it was just all of a sudden this lock into place. Let's take this energy and and learn. So I started learning about so many new things in this time. I feel so filled to be a student again. And not that I stopped. I think I just was so filled uh, with so many things in my hands from, you know, ML to teaching to all these things, responsibility over responsibility. And I forgot about me. I really forgot about me. And a part of me was helping other people. That was like really large. Uh, And I think I let that overtake me and Mm. i didn't realize that until i let it all go right and once you know universe god i don't know just took away what ml was and then i had to condense it down to ml is a philosophy it's that's it that move is life and i must keep moving so then I use that to continue on to move and be a student. I, I started training again. I took classes. I trained with friends back into my back into foundation. And, you know, I'd ask questions just like, uh, you know, teach me, you know, how do you, how do you do that? And that was so awesome because this young version of my stuff started to appear. Uh, when I, I was 18, I went to Japan uh, my first time and uh, there was this building that had reflection and at night at a specific time, all these people, you know, you'd see the business people get out and then you'd see all the dancers start to come in because the business closes. 
So the whole building is wrapped around with, with um, windows and all the dancers use it as mirrors um, to practice their set or just to cipher together without the, the windows. Um, but everyone would have their own corner of some sort. I say that in, in that sense of um, in my season of learning, um, I started jogging and running and I ended up being at this place down the street here in Pasadena. And it was the same setup. It was like calling to me. It says, it was like, hey, Sean, remember that 18-year-old self that uh, would just train like everybody else, you know? Uh, just go into the, the mirror or see a, a reflection on a building and just start dancing? Yeah, it's calling to you again. So it... That's what happened is I just started training by myself. And uh, I'm telling you, that, that drills, just like drilling again. And then I would call friends like, hey, I'm practicing. I want to practice this. And then they would come and drill with me or I would learn something from them. I remember, um, yeah, like one of my friends, Halima, she came over and she would teach me some movements from her culture that had to deal with my hips and we were just drilling inside of that space. It was so wonderful because I've never done that in my life. I was like, I've never moved like this. It's perfect. And then we would take the next uh, part of the session to freestyle utilizing that particular mm. technique. And um, yeah, that season then turned into spring. And here we are, like things are moving. Life is moving, uh, you know, now I can really feel that um, soon enough, the the work that I will be putting in will bear fruit. Yeah. I, I'm excited about everything you just said, especially the unsaid part, which is you can spend your whole life dedicated to dance in many different facets, right? You can start a dance brand you can be a dance teacher you can be a dance choreographer you can be a performer and there can still be things you've never done movements that your body has never done yeah. after all of that dedication that is so freaking cool to me a little bit intense kind of daunting but i love it yeah. <laughs> so thank you for reminding me of that it's so important um and it sounds like you really have succeeded it's a, I'm I am hesitant to use that word cuz there's no failure in this specific uh, instance I don't believe that that is a, even that there is an a, a side of the coin but it sounds like you managed to keep the parts of dance that worked keep the things that you loved mm -hmm. and turn off everything else um or quiet quiet the other parts or like honor them and leave room for them to exist but like in the instance of having a business god i know there's nobody who loved their business the way that you do uh, and when it became like not an option you can't just like change your mind about that and think like well no i still can do that thing i mean you really some of those choices were made for you um and it could have killed everything I think, but it sounds like you rescued the parts of dance that you love and there will be a, a, a summer 
season. Like there will be, mm-hmm. we're walking into spring. Yo, it's hot. It's in my house right now because I turned my AC off to do podcasts. <laughs> Woo! She's sweating. <laughs> um, and I can relate. I think I've had a, I've had a sad season relative to me, especially I'm a freaking moonbeam, sunshine, shimmer, jazz hand, fantastic. Yes, you are. Much of the time. And it's been uh, a sad season. I can I can relate with you specifically on the drills part because they they, it was never really a big part of my training drills. Um, And I somewhere along the line, probably because of my lack of drilling, (laughs) that I thought that the most magical, respectable you know, special thing about dance was like the storytelling of it or the fun of it or the being able to um, introduce joy into the humdrum lives of anybody who doesn't dance. Like (laughs) I thought there was this like that that was the part I was meant for and good at and wanted. And then (laughs) thank you. But when I when I found out that I didn't feel that way. It felt like lying to keep telling that story, to keep like subscribing to that being, you know, the most magical thing and most important thing about what I do. That was conflicting for me. So I had to, um, like you said, kind of turn things down or turn things off and just say, okay, not that right now. Okay, not that right now. I love this part still. And I found in drills, like I love moving my body. (laughs) I love challenging my mind and body relationship. Like, can my brain learn the pattern? Can my body do what my brain says? Can I do it faster? Can I do one half of my body doing one thing and the other half the other thing? Just doesn't have to be fun or smart or witty or social commentary or relate in a special way to the music or evoke any emotion from an audience it's just moving so that i can be moving and and that was mm-hmm. huge for me i'm so glad that drills exist i never thought i'd be the person that says that but i am <laughs> uh it's so interesting right just but i also think as uh we evolve right we we fall in love with different parts of the process and i, I you know that's something to remember is that like you're going to love this part of like dance in one way, but you know, you're not going to love it the same way the whole time. It's going to evolve. You might even grow out of love of that part and that's okay. You know, but there's other spaces for you to fall in love. And um, I think that that's where dance is so expansive. It's if you choose it though. Right. Cause I could easily say, okay, that was my run of dance. Um, thank you. ML. Thank you. Dance. Thank you. All of it. Peace out. No problem. And that's cool. No problem. But I still felt a calling, you know, and I think we're, we both still feel a calling as being nerds of dance. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love I love Marvel. I love Star Wars. I love all that stuff. You know, I love. But dance, dan- it all comes from dance. And uh, this is going to sound strange, but part of the reason I even love Star Wars or Marvel is because of how much I love dance. I, lo- I love finding like these weird connections between it all. Uh, it's so strange, but yeah, nerds of dance. <laughs> Yo, as far as I'm concerned, you are dance Superman, Clark Kent Superman. <laughs> I can't, I can't, 
I honestly, I really, we could continue, but I can't think of a better place to wrap it up and put a bow on it than that. I think you are a superhero. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate you too. <laughs> Big love. Oof. All right, my friends. What do you think? Did you enjoy listening in on two homies catching up and geeking out over dance? <laughs> I'm grinning ear to ear. Man, when I listened back to this conversation, I genuinely grinned ear to ear the entire time. Um, I loved flashing back to rehearsing for Sure Thing with Marty in the room watching and being so concerned about his uh, his take on it and feeling ownership over a special thing. Um, I really, really love what Sean has to say about freestyle and about keeping the parts of dance that he loves, even though um, a part of dance that he loved very much, that, that relationship has changed. Um, I think maybe my biggest takeaway when I listen and when I think about Sean is that it really is both the small stuff and the big stuff that makes us special, that gives us our signature style. The small stuff as in like the way that he leans or the way that I move my wrist or the way that he uses his jaw, like that's the small stuff. But the way that he grieves, the way that he makes time to heal, the way that he protects the parts of dance that he loves and is willing to release the rest of it, like that's big stuff. And that all factors in to your personal style, the style of the way that you work, the style of the way that you communicate, the style of the way that you move. It really factors in. It's very, very cool for me to think about. Kind of daunting. I might, you know, I might go back and listen to this just one more time. Um, but right now, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Right this very second, I am like literally cannot wait. I'm I'm recording this into a microphone, staring at my computer, and my fingers are hovering over the keys, ready to take me to YouTube <laughs> so I can watch some early emotional Sean Evaristo and some like early 2000s hip hop videos. That's where I'm headed. That's what I'm doing. Uh, you can feel free to join me no matter what you do, though. Please keep it exceptionally funky, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. This podcast was produced by me with the help of many. Music by Max Winnie, logo and brand design by Bree Reitz, and a big thanks to Riley Higgins, our executive assistant and editor. And also a massive thanks to you, the mover, who is no stranger to taking action. I will not stand in the way of you taking action. I will not, cannot stop you from downloading episodes or leaving a review and a rating. I cannot keep you from visiting thedanawilson.com to join our mailing list. I will not ban you from my online store for spending your hard-earned money on the cool merch and awesome programs that await you there. And of course, if you want to talk with me, work with me, and make moves with the rest of the Words That Move Me community, I will 100% not stop you. Visit thedanawilson.com to become a member and get a peek at everything else I do that is not a weekly podcast. 
Keep it funky, everyone. 